What's up, you guys? It is Lala Kent. With Randall, and we are back. We are back. OMG. I really cannot believe I have like this uh this weird brain that's happening, like mush brain, because I've been gone for two months and now I'm back in LA and I'm like, whoa, like here in the podcast quote unquote studio, where am I? What are we doing? Do you notice what I just did? What? You don't even notice what I just did. No. I have been criticized. Well, first of all, I've been praised for my incredible radio voice and bad. Uh, oh, uh, you TV. listened. You didn't cut me off. <laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> Did you notice? Let's try it again. Ready? And tell me more. Okay. So this is what I want to talk about is we went to Lake Mead with a few of my little cast members, also my best friends. And there is this guy named Michael Costello. Randall uh, knows what I'm going to talk about. Okay. This is where I'm going to cut you off. I, no, I wanted to I wanted to address it because it's kind of annoying. <sighs> okay, go ahead. It, like I wasn't annoyed by it and then I was like, dude, you're annoying. Guess what? Well, real quick before and I'm going to shut up because your fans get irritated. Um, I just want to say something. It is give them Lala with Randall. So right. You so can address be the with. Be the with oh, for the, just a second. Oh, be the with? Yeah. Okay. I'm with him. So I'm Tim, the there's this guy, Michael Costello. Okay. We have a mutual friend in common. He is a designer. I wanted him to do my wedding dress. Oh. So I talked to our mutual friend. She's like, I'll, you know, make the intro. Let's get this popping. She makes the intro. I hear from him like maybe a couple of times and that's it. I then start having the wedding planner blow his ass up. I'm like, I want him to do the dress. Let's do the damn thing. Finally, he schedules a meeting. Okay. I show up with my wedding planner. He doesn't come out of his office, his little minion or his assistant, whatever, comes out and is like, Michael it ran into some work that he has to do, blah, blah, blah. What are you thinking you want your dress to be like? I'm going to make notes and then I'll give this to Michael and he'll develop a sketch and we'll send it to you. Okay. okay. That's what we do. She's making stupid little kindergarten notes, whatever. We never hear back from him. That was it. No sketch comes through. Nothing. When I'm was fine this? with it. How this was ago? like a year ago. Okay. I'm not mad about it. We move on. Yeah, whatever. We moved on. I don't care. Like, shit happens. I get it. But then I notice over the weekend, this guy, Michael Costello, clowns Kylie Jenner because Kylie wore this, like, sick Balmain uh, birthday dress on her Instagram And Michael Costello goes in and is like, I send her looks once a year and I'm lucky to get a tag or a decent photo. Give a shout out to the little designers who work their asses off. And I was like, dude, like you do the same shit. Like you didn't, you would have gotten the tags and the pictures that you wanted. And like, you didn't hit me back up. Why? Because I'm not big enough for you. Just like you're not a big enough designer for Kylie Jenner. Like, get over it. It's oh, all shit. good, man. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right. There we go. So he then writes verbatim. Oh, wait. So did you actually say that to him? Yeah, I said that to oh, him okay. on right. Instagram. No, no. Not only did she say it to him, <laughs> then there were like okay. 30 articles that came no, no, out no. about he, Oh, my he, God. He then rebuttaled and was like, we passed on you. Passed on what? <laughs> right. He says, we passed on you. And he I, wait, sa- wait, wait, wait. He says, wait, wait. we I'm passed on you. I'm going to interrupt. Hold on. What? I thought you told me, babe, that you went to his office for a meeting and he never came out. Are you listening? That, I just yeah, said that. Yeah, that's what that. she said. 
No, I'm really not listening. I know. Please listen. <laughs> I just, just not, said that. I'm just not talking. I literally just said that. So anyway. I'm trying this, a new approach. I'm trying so a new if you're approach. not talking, you're not listening to people who are talking. Okay, just fall back and let me tell Tim the story. This is a bullshit so then, episode. I call bullshit. Listen, no, I call bullshit. I, I want to set this record straight. How did this guy get me to give a shit about something that I really didn't give a shit about? I was just saying, like, it happens to all of us. It's the nature of the beast. Like, you're not right. big enough for some people. I'm not big enough for some people. It's all good. <laughs> But then he pissed me off because he claims, number one, he says, we passed on you. And by the way, you never showed up to the meeting. It's like, so what is it? Did you set a meeting or did you pass on me? Like, which is it? Right. And then he goes, and because you didn't want to buy anything. Buy what? There was nothing to buy. I was waiting Wait, for on. you to deliver something honey, for me to honey, purchase. Honey, how could you buy something? That doesn't when, exist. When he so, never came out and showed you so anything. Like, Thank you. Okay. Can we Thank move on? You. This is just- Okay. He was definitely upset because I heard from a lot of people. He went on for like seven story slides about how upset he was. Basically, Michael, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, but brother, I, I can't buy something that doesn't exist. Wait, I never asked for anything out. for free. Time out. Lord knows if you offered me something for free, I would take you up on it, can but I? there was nothing to buy. Okay, over? guess what I'm excited about? I want to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, that happened over the weekend. Great. And That's, it was a lot of fun. And I shut up I for seven that. minutes. Yeah, good job. Now it's my turn. All right. Okay, because with Randall's time to talk. You and I were on somebody's podcast who now is coming on our podcast as our guest today. I am beyond excited because she is reminds me of you, babe, and in, in being a powerhouse woman who has a business, who's on television, who just is is awesome and funny and everything that you you love in, in personality. And that is Teddy Mellencamp from Real Housewives. Of Beverly Hills. I am so excited to have her. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, we will have Teddy Mellencamp. Yes. <laughs> we are back, and I have my friend, Miss Teddy Mellencamp, on the line. Hello, my love. Hi, guys. What are you doing? Yeah. We're so excited to have you. Thanks. Well, I'm excited to be here. I was like living vicariously through your Insta stories of your last trip, having extreme FOMO. Um, (laughs) Next time, next time you're coming. So first of all, congratulations on the new addition to your family. Yes. Little baby Devi. Oh, thank you. She's such a little angel. I mean, what is, what is that? Like, what is what is the role now? Like, does your husband have to step in? Because not only are you on a show, but then you have like you're holding a lot of people accountable. You've changed (laughs) over 10,000 lives. So like, how how do you do it? Basically, you're asking, how does she manage? Exactly. How do you manage being how do you manage being the mother to the children you already have the newborn and then running? the business? It's crazy to me. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I always say, because it drives me crazy when people in the public eye don't admit to this. And then you think that you're talking to superwoman. Like I have help. Like I have someone that lives at the house with us and helps me pick up and take care of kids and like 
we are a team. So, because, you know, some days, yes, they're completely dedicated to work and some days are completely dedicated to kids or the older kids or baby dove. It like is always in movement. And I have to be able to have the option of, you know, like, you know, my son just broke his thumb. Like I have to be able to like, all right, we're going. And especially in the time of COVID, you can't pack all your kids in the car and take them to the hospital. You're not allowed to do that anymore. That's true. So That's true. Think of that. Very good I am point. really luck- lucky that I have help. At the beginning of the pandemic, you know, um, she said to us, she's like, what should I do? Like, should I keep my apartment? I'm like, no, just move in with us and <laughs> stay until this is over. I, I, I want to I wanted to, I wanted to say the one thing. Teddy, to do it. Teddy, I respect and support help in the house. If you can afford it, help in the house is everything. And people look at me and say, Oh, you know, you have it easy. No, no, no. First of all, yes, I have it easier than most because I can afford the help. But you know what? I also work full time. I have two children. I have Lala. That's a full time job. It is. Usually, (laughs) usually overtime. And, you know, we are lucky, you know, and I do respect, you know, the powerhouse that you are and that you're open and honest about having that help because it is close to impossible to be able to do what you do have the children you have, have a husband and a business and not have support. It, it's it's impossible. Right. I think. I think so too. And I mean my husband is also a full time job. Like he thinks that he's one of the kids. Like <laughs> I'm not kidding. I he just came in this room like two minutes ago and he's like, hey, can you heat up my breakfast? I was like, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, That's amazing. Like, are you like, I'm like, this is not 10 years ago anymore, buddy. I am busy. Right. I love it. Why don't you tell, why don't you tell her about how, how I got screwed over yesterday, last night? What did you do? When you didn't take care of me last night when I asked for. Oh, some. Teddy last night. So I can vibe. I'll make this quick. He was like, he had this like dramatic moment. We're like watching TV and he's like, I need to know if you love taking care of me. I was like, no, I don't. I don't love tickling you. I don't love cleaning up after you. I do it because I love you, but I don't love doing and, that. And Teddy, I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you don't like tickling my arm? She's like, we've been together four and a half years. I love you. I am committed to you till the day we die. But I don't like tickling your arm. I do it because I like you and love you. And okay, whatever. I'm over So it. I get it, Teddy. Well, I mean, have you guys taken the love languages test? No. It's brutal. Okay, so I <laughs> – we took ours, and I, I always thought that I liked, like, touch or I liked, you know, whatever it was. Mine is I like words of affirmation, which I was like, that makes me feel so lame. Okay. And then my husband <laughs> likes acts of service. I was like, oh, hell no. That's my worst one. <laughs> That's the worst one. Oh, my God. He Anytime and I are the someone same. likes acts of service, I'm like, oh, you got he the wrong are, one. When you tickle my arm, I feel more connected. It's torture. I told him if you Such told bullshit. me tomorrow I would never have to do that again, I would be so happy. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Okay, so I I want to ask you. First of all, I just read that your dad dad's middle name is Cougar, and I just about died. I'm adding it to my baby name list. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, it's not actually his middle name. Like back in the '80s, okay. when like remember when there was all these like '80s stars, and they all had these kind of like crazy names, like Billy Idol. Yes. And blah, blah, blah. Okay, like, I I was gonna say that's too legit, right? Yeah, that's a little no, too legit. So- 
so in the 80s, they, his first record, I might mess this up a little bit, so I apologize. Exactly. I, you know, I'm doing the best I can. We're talking about a legend, so it's okay. Keep it going. <laughs> Keep it going. But his, he originally, his first record company, because they owned you in a different way back then, they like create your persona and they like, he, that's back when he was like wearing chaps and they called him Johnny Cougar and like, that's who he was. And then as he started, you know, you know, becoming older and all these things started changing. He then became John Cougar Mellencamp and then he fully just dropped the Cougar because wow. that was a decision that he made. But don't worry, I still call him the Coog. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And whenever I'm being super annoying, he's like, whatever, little Cougs. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Okay, I have a question just because if my dad was John Cougar Mellencamp or John Mellencamp, I would just be having him sing Jack and Diane daily. So, how, how often does he sing that song to you or the kids? Please tell me. He, never, really. Oh. Over, over the holidays was the first time in like years I've seen him. Like he got on a guitar and actually sang his music because it was like all of the siblings and the kids and we were in Mexico and it was like so nice. But I remember being like, oh, my gosh, he has not done this forever. Wow. Um, so unless we see him in concert, but the favorite song he sings for us is a song that he sang to us ever since I was a little girl. And it's, do you know the song Paper Moon? Like, say, it's it's not a John Mellencamp song. No. It's like, say, it's only a paper moon shining under it, whatever it is. But he sings it and it's my a good favorite voice. song and makes me cry every oh. I mean, if, like I said, if my dad was John Mellencamp, I'd just be. It's really funny cool. because it's like people that live you know, by the beach. They're like, I never go to the beach. When your dad is John Mellencamp, you're like, he never sings Jack and Diane. What? What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) No, and then when people figure out that it's my mom that was in the music video, they like die. They're like, is her name Diane? I'm like, no, it's Vicky. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's Vicky. That's funny. All right. So now, now here's the thing. I know you run this business and are a huge influence on people's lives and changing their lives, inspiring them to get healthy, get fit, lose weight, all these different things. Tell me how All In started and tell me kind of where it is today and what it does specifically. Because I I see the Instagram, I see the videos, I'm moved. I see these women, you know, coming to these conferences and you inspiring and you dropping weight and staying healthy. Just kind of just give me the the stage of how this started and and why and, and where it's at today. I mean, essentially what happened was I met my husband probably 11 years ago. I was a nationally ranked equestrian. I traveled nonstop. Life was great. You know, that's how he met me, like as this really driven, competitive, successful person in this world of sports in regards to horses. Um, And then we started getting serious. I started becoming closer with his stepdaughter. I started, you know, we moved in together and we wanted to start a family and I tried after having um, Slate to go on the road with her and, you know, still be married to Edwin and everything, like tried to do it all. And I just couldn't. I was like, why am I taking my newborn on the road with me to go to horse shows and like live like, you know, one foot in, one foot out of both places. And I just didn't feel good about it anymore. And so then that's when I just, I, I stopped riding horses professionally and, you know, you know, took care of the kids and Edwin in our house. And then I had a lot of fertility issues getting pregnant with Cruz. I was on all these steroids, IVF, all of these things. I, you know, gained 
you know, over 80 pounds. And then after having cruise, I didn't lose it. And I got to the place where Edwin would come home from work at night and I'd be with the kids and I wasn't taking care of myself. I was taking care of them like no other, but then they would be asleep and I would look to Edwin to validate me every night. And it became this really vicious cycle where like, I really wasn't taking care of myself. I really wasn't taking accountability to making myself feel better. And I also wasn't telling Edwin what I needed or like what, what made me feel good. So, you know, after about like eight months of this, of just not feeling good in my own skin and like blaming Edwin for it, for this life that we decided we were creating together, I was like, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to change my life today. And Food had always been an issue, you know, whether I wasn't eating enough of it or whether I was eating nonstop, you know, like I fluctuated between 80 to 100 pounds multiple times in my life. So I also knew after having kids, I didn't want to show them that relationship with food. I wanted to show them a healthy relationship with food. I wanted to show them it's good to be active and take care of yourself and want to play sports or go on walks and do these things together. And a lot of the times what happens is parents will say like my kids spend all these times on tablets, but then they don't go do anything with them. That's active. So it's like, well, okay, they're, they're seeing you on your phone all day. So that's what they're emulating. So that's where all in started was really just about a journey uh, for myself. And I just said, hi, my name's Teddy. Follow along if you're interested to see if I can change my life. And over the next year, there was no business. There was nothing. It was solely about me wanting to change my life. And I used Instagram to hold me accountable. Posted my workouts, my food, my body transformation, everything. And, you know, quickly it grew a following because either people want to support you or people want to see you fail. So, right, right, right. Um, And then, you know, it really just, people started messaging me and saying, listen, you know, I don't want to do this on Instagram, but I want to change my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could do this for people. And so then that's how it became. And, you know, at first the business started out as me and I could run about 40 clients myself. Then I got an assistant. And then what happened is as it started growing and growing, now we're over 15,000 lives changed. I have over 40 coaches that work for me. But the part about my business that I care so much about is that every single coach is a graduate of the program. Oh, that's awesome. So they know the drill inside and out so they know and they believe it because you know there no, was they a lived moment, it I, they lived it right I mean, they went yeah, through it of course wow because there was a moment after my first season of housewives where believe me i was getting hundreds of thousands of emails and i had business advisors going teddy you just need to hire anybody just hire people and take all these people on and i was like no wow i'd rather have a wait list and do this right because my mission statement is like you have to really believe in this because what never worked for me before was like i'd hate to go to like a workout class and i'd see this perky little perfect specimen being like oh my gosh this is what you need to do but never having <laughs> struggled a day in her life and right like, you have to have gone through the struggle to be able to talk someone through it no you're you're completely correct and i have a question so from when you entered the show to now, how many people did you have working for you before you started the show? And how many do you have working for you now? So when I first started the show, I had it was myself, an assistant, and someone that ran operations. Um, now I have five people that run operations and over 40 coaches. That's, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. It's really incredible. And it's also just a testament to like how and and where most people are having to do layoffs right now, 
for their employees, but so many people need support right now that like we're at capacity every week. And I'm so grateful that we can, one, I haven't had to lay off any of the people that work for me, but also that we're able to support people right now because that's why divorce is up right now. Domestic violence is up right now. Alcohol abuse is up right now. All these things are up because some people aren't getting the support they need. So even- yeah, you know, so I'm really grateful for, you know, that job right now because it's and it holds me accountable because believe me, at the beginning of this and when all this stuff was hitting the fan with my kids and life and all these things, <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, I want to eat a bunch of crab and drink nonstop. <laughs> that sounds ideal. By the right. way, by the way, I, I can relate to this because my biggest thing in life has always been overeating. And now during this quarantine, after 30 days, I was like, I'm not going down that road path and i started playing tennis and pickleball every day and trying to eat better so i give you mad respect the, the question i have is can you tell me a story of one of your clients like somebody that you just thought really was I, I don't know just one of those inspirational stories that somebody maybe you thought was close near death in their health and your program turned it around like just something that is so memorable to you. I'm sure they all are memorable. Oh, but- of course. I mean, there's so many memorable, but there was, there was one client that I had, and this was probably about three years ago. And I remember when she first started, she was one of those clients that was almost like aggressive and almost mean to me as a client, like always defensive, always coming at me. It was always my fault. And I remember, you know, there were days where I would be like, oh my gosh, this person is like, really get it. It's hurting my heart, you know, but I just kept leaning into her and giving her that support and that love, but also being that friend to her that tells her what she needs to hear, not what she wants to hear in regards to taking care of herself. And she, you know, like with time, I just saw her start to shift and change. I saw not only a physical transformation, but I, she became one of my favorite people to speak to every day. She became this light. And finally, at the end of our time working together, she's graduating at six months. And she just says, just so you know, you got me through one of the darkest times in my life. My husband was extremely abusive to me. And I never shared that with you because it's not your job. And I didn't want you to feel pity for me. But because of me finally feeling good in my own skin, I had the strength to leave after 20 years. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What a rewarding job. Yeah. That's got to be unbelievable. I mean, to, to come to work every day and touch people's lives that way. I mean, even beyond what you think you're doing, because, you you know, you're inspiring their health, which is inspiring affecting their whole life it's everything that she's doing though because health yeah health and wellness really for me teddy like in my business when i'm overweight you know when i'm really binge eating because i'm stressed or binge eating because i'm happy whatever i'm binge eating in that part of my life i go to work feeling like shit i go my mind isn't working the right way i'm not sleeping well but when i'm fit or on my way to being really fit I am at my peak on all levels, and I I really commend you because that is something that I think the whole world needs right now more than anything is not to sit in the house and feel sorry for ourselves, but get outside and get moving and try to you know do the best we can in the times that we're in. No, I totally agree, and I think why so many people end up you know failing is because they think, oh, I want to change my life, I want to feel better, so that means I have to run ten miles every single day. No, (laughs) like go on a walk, like play tennis, do whatever it is that makes you happy, but do something active that's going to like let that 
you know, not let your mind play tricks on you because it happens to all of us. And, you know, I think there's a difference between like having that toxic positivity, but also having a real conversation with yourself. Like, you know what? I got to take action to feel my best today. Doesn't mean I'm going to feel great, (laughs) but I'm going to feel better than I would if I did this, this and this. Right. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that, I mean, Lala's has watched me over the last four months, right, babe? I mean, you see me, how I've really committed to trying to lose the weight and work out daily. It all goes, you know, hand in hand. And Teddy, I'm not saying that your business is like AA. I'm just saying AA is something that holds me accountable. Everyone thinks that the program is strictly to, you know, not drinking is just like the cherry on top. What goes into it, which, you know, with, with your program it's not just about, like you said, you must run 10 miles. It's about having a healthy, you know, mind, body, and spirit. And I just, I think with what you do right now, with all of us being in COVID and not knowing what's to come in our future, you know, you're really getting people back to what's important in life. I commend you, truly. Thank you so much. I, I love it. And I, you know, I get a lot of heat from it because people are like, how are you on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and uh, a life coach? I'm like, listen, I'm not a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I was a life coach, I wouldn't be recommending myself to be on this television show. I am a health and fitness coach. <laughs> but when it comes to your health and fitness, if you're feeling good, you change things in your life. That right. has nothing to do with me. That has to do with each individual person. Well like said. that's just yeah. how it works. Everybody's looking to slam you, you know, you, all of us at every <laughs> any chance they get. They want to call us out on something. So I, I know. Um, how did you get onto the show? I'm not I'm not going to dive deep into it. I just want to know, like, how you even got introduced. Yeah, I'm actually to the intrigued. Bravo. World. That's a good question. I'm, I'm curious. Like, how did that how does that happen on the Real Housewives? How do they find you or you find them? So. I had like a group mommy and me like that I had gone to one time that Dorit had also done. So we had a mutual friend in common that referred me to Dorit. And then I guess Dorit and the network have a conversation and I get a phone call. So that's really kind of how it works. But when you guys, if if you watch the show, the very first episode where Dorit comes to my house for that mommy and me music class. Yeah. That's the first time Dorit and I had actually met. Yeah. So even though we had a mutual friend, it was like we ran in the same circle, but we hadn't actually connected before. So that's, you know, my first season, I was really just kind of getting to know everybody. Wow. It's so crazy how the how like reality TV works, because me, I was just like friends of a friend of a friend. And then all of a sudden, like these people are, you know, traveling with me and they're in my wedding. It's like, how did this happen? What What's happening here? <laughs> Twilight Zone. <laughs> and how much it can shift from year to year, you know? Like, the relationships truly ebb and flow. We're like, in real life, not real, not that this is fake life, but like, I have the same best friend since third grade. Like, that hasn't changed. Me too, but me too, in, me too. And, you know, this other world, it things are constantly in movement. And people always ask, how does that happen? You don't seem like a drama person. I'm like, there's something about when you know, sometimes in, you know, my day to day life, I let things go. But when all of a sudden, you know, you're having to do it in a larger platform, and somebody's coming at you, you're going to stand up for yourself in a different way than you ever have. Oh, trust me, I get it. Like, (laughs) when there are not cameras on, I'm like, can you not bring drama? Like, I got to do this for four freaking months, like (laughs) nonstop. I'm tired. (laughs) You know, I I get it. 
Teddy, you are freaking awesome. I know that you guys are, you know, uh, wrapping up your season and you got a lot of stuff to do today. Thank you so much for making time for us. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. It was so fun as always. And I hope that life shifts and I can see you guys, you know, sometimes. Yes. We'll have dinner as soon as life is easier for all. I would love that. (laughs) Thank you, Teddy. Send your family love for us. (laughs) Bye, guys. And we're back. Dude. She's so Teddy cool. fucking Mellencamp is so cool. Teddy is as cool as they come. You know what? Can crazy? I tell you my favorite part? I was like, your dad's middle name is Cougar? I'm such a fucking idiot. Tim, how, <laughs> Tim, <laughs> how cool is it if your dad wrote the song and sang the song, Jack and Diana? Oh, man. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. That's a little bit. Jack Knight. <laughs> oh my God. That did it pretty good. You should, Not, you should that was record a terrible. cover. I should, right? Yeah. Well, give me the words. Give me the words. Uh, I want to I wanna take a shot at it. Hold on. Hold oh on. No. no. Oh no, I'm so well, scared. Well, babe, I can't sing, but I just, I, the song's so cool. I need to hear it for a second. We're probably going to get a letter from John Kermelikamp that we're putting a song on, but I'm just going to, do you have the words? I, I'm bringing up the song. Oh, right shit. Now. All right. But she is awesome. You know what's crazy? La, I think that was our first podcast we ever did. We were her guests. Are we going to get in trouble for this? I don't Dun-dun. care. Didn't you play something? Tim's Are you going to do it? Tim's dancing. I don't know the words. Somebody give me the words. Oh. Hold on. It's going to go really bad. karaoke version. We'll tighten this up. Good podcast, yeah. <laughs> Little Diddy, but Jack and Diane to make your kids growing up in the heartland. Sing for real, like you're. That was real. Oh. Football star. Oh. All right, I'm done. We're gonna lose guys, a lot of fucking. Town we, and I think I did pretty good. good it, that, was that was horrible. Horrific. That was horrific. My ears are bleeding. Okay, don't bullshit, Tim. On a one to ten, <laughs> ten being John Mellencamp, and a one being the worst. Don't give me your honest number. I'm not asking you, Lala, because you're you're being tough. That was an eleven. <laughs> oh, is the worst? No. Wow, crawl up his ass a little more, Tim. I really, I you legit, thought Randall- I enjoyed it. Okay, I so the two. I think I convinced you. I was John. Two no, things have been established today. Okay, factor. what number am I? Entertainment what number? Factor you great. can't sing for shit, and Tim is tone deaf. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> okay, what number do you, put, Lala? What number do you put your man at? I just tried to sing Jack and Diane for you. What number am I? What number do you put me at? Ten being the best, one being the worst. Do not. I'm not a one, so that's bullshit. Two and a half, Randall. Wow. You're hard. Little bit. That wasn't even singing. That was halting. That's words. what John Mellencamp does. <laughs> no, he doesn't. You don't even know the song. Then. You know what? I'm moving on from this. Move on. I can't deal. God, you are so irritable today. But I love you. What else should we talk about? Well, I think we were running out of time. But, oh, let's talk about our Lake Me trip because it was fun. We have not seen our group. I hadn't seen the group. I hadn't seen anybody since. Quarantine. Well, no, you've seen them. When did times. we leave for Puerto That's Rico? Oh, like two months ago. Yeah, I haven't seen my friends in two months. Okay, but let's talk about the trip. We went on a houseboat. We rented a houseboat. It was very fun. We had jet skis, and we were all in close, confined quarters for three days. I had the best time. I had, I had a tough time. You did? I had a tough time sleeping. This Well, yeah, the, the sleeping situation is not ideal well, in a houseboat. Well, why don't you tell them the truth about the sleeping situation? 
that we got into that bedroom. There was one little vent for the air conditioner, Tim. It was a, a record heat wave of 116 degrees. See, but he says that. And then later, like when you leave the AC on for too long, like Bo was coming out in a beanie and like socks. I was decked head to toe in sweatpants and furry socks Tim. as well. It was freezing. Okay, the sheets were like razor blades, but I brought my <laughs> but I brought my own sheets. So there you go. That saved us. Did you really? I did. And Lala was very happy I brought them. She didn't even know. Tell the truth. I was thrilled. I couldn't believe you did that. Even, hey, ja- even Jax, yeah. you know? even Jax came out and said to me, "Did you bring your own sheets?" And I'd say, "Yeah." He goes, "God, man, good move, good move. I'm doing that next time." But I will tell you, the best part of the whole trip, besides being together and having fun, and and really, it was really fun to be out there on the lake. That last night, we made a big bonfire. Lala, myself, and Jax made this big bonfire for everybody, and we had s'mores. And we were playing music under the stars, which looks like a planetarium. It was stunning. It Wasn't was there stunning. a meteor shower this weekend too? Or am I? Oh, was there? Maybe there was. I don't know. It looked like that. I mean, the sky was stunning. Stunning. It was stunning. So that and here's was the fun. thing, Timbo. I grew up going to Lake Powell, so I've been on a house. Here, Rand goes. Well, here's your. Go do it. Well, no, but it was like annoying sometimes when people were like <laughs> trying to tell me how to do a houseboat that I've been on houseboats for 23, 25 years of my life. No, she's a captain. She's a captain. Well, I loved oh. Brittany because Brittany goes, we did this. We did this last week in Kentucky. You tie it to a tree. I go, baby, there ain't no fucking trees. And they made? Like <laughs> made. I want to tell you that something. Brittany, by the to. way, Brittany, I got to give Brittany props, okay? Everybody was out doing their things on the water. Everybody was out doing their stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I turned to Brittany, because Brittany loves to cook. And Brittany is the ultimate housewife. And La- she, okay. she is a five-star, like... Jax is the luckiest man okay. ever. So Lala is the opposite of that. She doesn't like to cook anything. So I said, no. I was sitting there. I hadn't eaten all day. And Brittany was in the kitchen. I was like, oh, this is a score right here. Big win. I was like, Brittany, I'm going to try to make myself a grilled cheese. Wink, wink. And Brittany is, <laughs> I'll make that for you. And so, well, I don't know if I did the accent right. So Brittany go, goes into overdrive mode. I never seen anything like it. It was like Chef Brittany. Brittany goes to the kitchen, grabs the American cheese, grabs the Wonder Bread. And now to me, when you make a grilled cheese, and Tim, you and I have been on uh, location before we make grilled cheese, you yeah. just throw the bread in the pan, you put the cheese on, you're done. Not Brittany. Brittany is buttering <laughs> the toast, soaking it in the butter, then putting it on the pan, then putting, I, I, and this shit took 25 minutes. Me, it takes two. I looked at her, I go, Brittany, you're a real professional. And she goes, oh, I know, here you go. She hands it to me. It was the best <laughs> fucking grilled cheese I ever had in my life. The best. She is a true chef. Of- Not only did she do all of that, she made us dinner both nights. Both nights. Lunch, both she days. She cooked hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken, some kind of, uh, uh, we, we didn't have any condiments and Lala, and she was creative. She concocted some condiments, and no, then no, no. she the, the fucking gr- cleaned the whole kitchen. No. Wow. And Wait. I, she knows. Like, I ain't much of a helper. Like, that's just what it is. <laughs> Lala. Lala, we all know that, including me firsthand. I just want to tell you what Brittany did. She was so creative food-wise that she looked at everybody, and she goes, you know, I don't have any condiments. I have nothing, to, no pepper, no salt, no this. And I, and I, I felt bad for her because, I mean, she was really in heartbreak. And then she goes, oh, my God, we have cream cheese. We have cream cheese. I'm and we make have bacon. Bacon, chicken, cream cheese wraps. I don't know what she's talking about, <laughs> but that shit was serious. And everybody it so loved good. it. Dude, rock Brittany star. is a rock star. It was the best weekend ever. 
Okay, but last thing. I am the greatest houseboat driver you've ever met. You're five star. Five star. It was like pretty hot to watch. Do you know where I'm going this weekend? You parked that boat so nice into that spot. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Maybe, Tim, Tim, too much information. Babe, do you know where I'm going this weekend? Where? I'm taking the girls to the houseboat again for one night. This is me waving. Bye. Have a good time. <laughs> I'll be parking my ass in Bel Air. Okay. Well, listen, I had a lot of fun today. I did um, too. I really enjoyed Teddy and I, I feel like really inspired. So today for lunch, I'm I gonna, feel like I want to yeah. take her accountability course. And I really want to give a shout out because you know what? Let's do something new. Every week we're going to give a shout out to somebody. Are we really going to do that? Yeah. Sh- I'm, I'm committing to it. Shout out. Say we're going to do a lot of shit that we never do. Did we have the astrologist? Yes. Okay. Guess what? I found the fear of flying guy. Perfect. He's coming on. He's going to come on for an intro section, 15 minutes, because a lot of people have asked me, because they know I have bad fear of flying, he's coming on. Okay, perfect. But I want to say, here's a shout out of the week. Shout out of the week goes to Brittany Cartwright for being the most badass houseboat chef of the week. Brittany! Wait, so are we going to do like Watch What Happens Live where they have the jack hole in the the, uh, mazel? Yeah, there we go. That's dope. And Brittany, because you're the shout out of the week... We're going to send you an autographed, give them Lala towel. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's funny. Send it in the mail today. I love it. All right, guys. Everybody, we love you all. I love being here. I really try not to talk as <laughs> You're much. You're the worst at exits. Let me do the outro. Wait, I just want to tell them I try not to talk as much. So please, in your comments, let me know if I talked less the first 33 minutes because I made enough. All right, you guys. We love you bad. We will catch you next Wednesday. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.